0: The Righteousness of Faith Are you ready to hear? Not from me, from Holy Spirit. You might hear the sound of my voice, but listen inside. Listen inside. Good. Let's go to Matthew. We'll just start with chapter 7. Twenty-first verse not everyone this is Jesus speaking he says not everyone that says unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that is doing the will of my father which is in heaven many will say to me in that day Lord Lord have we not prophesied in thy name and in your name cast out devils and in your name done many wonderful works and then will I profess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Ouch. Therefore, therefore, who soever, thank you, hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not, shall be like a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So you see contrast here. You see someone that's hearing from the Lord and doing And someone that's merely hearing. James says, be hearers and doers, not hearers only, otherwise you deceive yourself. So, all I'm saying with this when you come and you're before Him and you're listening to Him and in His Word, listen with the intent to do, have a purpose. Don't just hear and forget. Don't be a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. The word he's speaking to you. Because the same storm came to both houses, to both men. One stood, one fell. And could it be that what you hear today, or at another time when you're listening to him, and he's speaking to you, is preparing you for what's coming? Jesus said the Holy Spirit would show us things to come, right? That's it. So listen. Listen to him. Listen in your heart. Pay attention to his word. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about him. And what he shows you, be ready. Make notes. Write things down. Remember. It's hard to remember everything, especially if you get distracted afterwards and start going about just regular stuff. It's so easy; just a, it's gone. What a waste! All right, that's that. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter one. I'm going to speak a little bit on and emphasize four key things. So be listening for these. First Corinthians chapter one pastor was talking about the meetings last a week ago last weekend Friday, Saturday, Sunday but there was something else very special that took place at the same time you all know what it is right the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus right so I'm going to talk and I'm going to speak a little bit on the power of the cross Newness of life, the new creation, and walking like him in him. So just be listening for those, for those types of themes. Now, 1 Corinthians 1, I'm just going to skip through a few verses here really quick and go into chapter 2 quick. Just hit a few highlights. Uh, verse 17, Paul speaking, he says, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Eighteen. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. The preaching of the cross is the power of God. 23. We preach Christ crucified. 24. Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ crucified is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The power of of the cross chapter 2 verse 2 I determine not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified why verse 8 which none of the princes or the rulers of this world knew for had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory the power of the cross what what's so powerful about the anointed Savior hanging on a cross and dying think about it when I was little growing up in Sunday school Jesus died for my sins that was it and I just believed it innocent mind Jesus died for my sins Jesus come into my heart I'm saved yeah that's fine but there's so much more there's so much more than Jesus died for my sins he also raised from the dead but what took place in between hmm If the princes of this world knew, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Why? Go to Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Verse 8. Let me know when you're there. I'm reading out of the King James, by the way, so if you want to flip your app or open up that particular Bible that you brought with you, (laughs) probably no one. Colossians 2, verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men and after the elements of the world and not after Christ. For in him, that's in Jesus, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is a man, but he's also divine. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in him. And you are complete in him. You are filled in him. You're made full in him. Who is the head of all principality and power. In whom also, in Jesus, you are, all of you that are born again, you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. The body of the sins of the flesh. The Amplified says the body of the flesh. The whole corrupt carnal nature with its passions and its lust. That was stripped off with the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. He raised him from the dead. Jesus was dead. He was dead. And he raised him from the dead. Whoa. Let that sink in. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together or made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses? Having forgiven you all trespasses. How did he do that? Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and spoiling principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The Amplified says in verse 14, he canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note with its legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us, hostile to us. This note, with its regulations, decrees, and demands, He set aside, He cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to His cross. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were against us. He stripped them. Had the princes of this world known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He stripped them. There was a simultaneous thing going on here. He was dying, He took, he took our sin in His body on that cross. So that we would be dead to sin and live to righteousness, by his stripes you could be healed. We heard healing testimonies. How did that take place? So often you hear, by his stripes I'm healed, by his stripes I'm healed, by his stripes. Yeah, but he bore our sin in his body on the tree, on that cross. So we would be dead to sin, buried with him in baptism, dead to sin. Live to righteousness. By his stripes you were healed. If he took sin in his body, and that's comparing it to, in the same verse as me being healed by his stripes, I took his righteousness into my body. Everything's made right. The very life of God flowing up out from the inside out. Okay, now let's back up. You can see that we were buried with him in baptism, raised with him through faith. We raised from the dead. Now back up to verse 2 that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Christ the wisdom of God. Christ the power of God. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit. Joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. As you have received Christ Jesus, walk in him. How did you receive him? And what did you receive? How did you receive Christ Jesus? And what did you receive? How did you receive him? And what did you receive? Go to Romans we'll go to the 10th chapter how did you receive him well I'll tell you ahead of time you had to receive him by faith because I would venture to say that you haven't seen him physically am I right I haven't doesn't phase me because I know he's real I know he's real Amen Romans ten six, the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise let's go down to 8 what does it say the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that's the word of faith which we preach that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead there's the power of the cross again he's been raised from the dead thou shalt be saved With the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says whoever believes on him. Has faith in him will not be ashamed. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is over all. Is rich unto all that call. With the mouth unto salvation. Call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call In whom they've not believed. How shall they believe. If they haven't heard. And it goes on and on and on. You got to hear first. You got to hear first. Faith comes by hearing. Verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. How have you received Christ Jesus? So walk in him. You have to hear. You have to believe. And we have to also speak. So how are we going to walk in him? And walk with him. And walk like him. Same way. Yeah? Walking with him. Walking with him. Side by side. Hand in hand. What he's showing me. Jesus said, I'm hearing from my father. And I'm saying that. I'm seeing what he's showing me. And I'm doing that. And the Father in me, he's doing the work. How are you going to do those works unless you hear and see what he's showing you and saying to you? As you have therefore received him, walk in him. Go back to chapter 6, Romans 6. The power of the cross, right? Walking in newness of life, walking like him and the new creation. Think about this. Romans chapter 6. Verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth should not serve sin. The Amplified says the body of sin would be ineffective and inactive for evil. You don't respond to sin. What's sin? I'm not talking about doing bad stuff. I'm talking about sin. The thing. The, the nature. The noun. You, you all know what a noun is, right? It's a person. It's a thing. Sin. Don't you know that we were baptized into Jesus Christ? We are baptized into his death. Jesus took sin and died. Does that mean he took sinning? he took the sin the nature the nature of sin the old man that was crucified with him your old man was a sin man Do you understand go to Ephesians 3 we're just gonna go there quick no not not three Ephesians 2 gonna make a distinction here just make it really clear you I know you understand but we're just gonna make it clear so I'm satisfied and so are you Ephesians 2 first verse and you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins wherein in times past you walked walked walking in newness of life walking with him living like him he says here you walked in time past according to the course of this world we don't like the course of this world right now, do we? Not that we ever did. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit thou now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation, or lifestyle in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of God wrath, even as others. Children of wrath. Another way of saying that is sons of rebellion. That was a nature. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about sin. Okay? So Romans 6. Buried with him by baptism. This is why we get water baptized. He was talking about actions and confidence, right? Baptism. Buried with him by baptism. Jesus said, you remember him saying, take up your cross and follow me? What does that mean? There's been all kinds of explanations I've heard over the years. But really, could it be or could it also be baptism? Baptism? Buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life, planted together. Planted together. I don't know what your translation says, but this King James says planted together. That's a vital union, connected. You become one. We became one with him when we identify with him in his death, And also in his resurrection. It's an identity. So we need to know. You need to know your nature. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The old man is gone. You're now a new man. Woman. Whatever you want to say. You're a new being. The old is gone. raised from the dead now identify with that think like that don't think like the old man is still there think like the new man sometimes it's easy to forget why? because you see a lot of old men around you and what you see You have a tendency to... It gets on you. It's the filth of the world. We don't need that, do we? We want to be clean. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. How? By the glory of God the Father. We've been planted together in the likeness of his death. We also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. What's he like? Likeness. Remember he said in Genesis. To make man his image. And in his likeness. What's he like? How does he live? How does he carry on? How did we receive him? That's how we walk in him. We received him by faith. Believing and speaking words. Right? Yes. So let's go to Hebrews. And you'll see. In chapter 11, one of the ways God, the Father, the Lord, the Creator, is like. The very first thing we see Him doing in our Bible is creating. And how was He doing it? I didn't see Him rolling up His sleeves and getting His wrenches. Chapter 11, Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Words. He did it with words. He did it with words. You can see that also in Psalm 33. If you go to Psalm 33 touches on this also he talks about how he used words to create yeah we know we created by speaking but he says that the words is what he created with Psalm 33 verse 6 by the word of the lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth 9 he spake and it was he commanded and it stood fast so Hebrews 11 says, Word, by the word of God, the things were made. I know I'm moving quick, but I'm just, you can hear me. Hebrews, uh, just back in chapter 1, he says, He's upholding all things by the word of His power. Hebrews 1, verse 3. He's upholding all things. Everything He created is holding it up. He's, Amplified says, He's guiding. And propelling and maintaining the universe by the word of his power everything's working everything's sustaining everything's flowing by the word of his power by his words that's how he does it he created you in his image and his likeness how are you doing it How did Jesus do it? You've read about Jesus? You all read your Bible, right? Well, some might not. You should. How did Jesus do it? He used a lot of words. A lot of different things he used words. He heard from the Father, and by faith he spoke, and things started coming to pass he was creating he was upholding he was guiding he was propelling things with the word of his power so like him those words another thing about these words is that's how we access faith and words is how we access our inheritance it's how we get into our promise what did he give you as you have received Christ Jesus so walk in him how did you receive him and what did you receive And how are you going to receive? How are you going to accept and utilize what you have received? Hebrews 3, he says in verse 19, we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. The they is Israel who left Egypt in the wilderness on their way to their promised land. And if you consider the cross and Jesus dying and him raising from the dead and what he did there. And you liken that unto the Passover. Jesus is our Passover. The blood on the doorposts. And they left Egypt after being covered in the blood. Then they went through the water. And then they came over and they were on the way to the promised land. Went through the water. We were talking about baptism earlier. They went through the water. What happened in that water? Those that had the guts, those enemies that had the guts to chase them down, even after they were letting them go and they were free, and all those plagues took place and the blood had already covered the, uh, the people of God, they're going through, they got drowned in the water. So, everything that was chasing you when you went down in that water, it died. Hallelujah. Think like that. Identify like that. If something's chasing you, saying, I'm still here, I'm still here, uh huh, uh huh, you're gone. You're gone. You've been drowned. You've been swallowed up. Everything that the plagues didn't get, everything that the blood of Jesus somehow didn't cover, which it all covered everything, we know that. I'm just saying, for illustration's sake, that they were chasing them, And they were swallowed up. But what happened afterwards? They said, let us make us a captain and go back. Because we're going to die in the wilderness. They couldn't go back. You can't go back either. Unless you die. Just like them. If they'd have tried to go on through that Red Sea, it wouldn't have worked. They'd have died. The only way out of this is death. You're in it for life. It's a good thing. It's called security. Just like Noah. Well, we can look at that. First Peter. First Peter three. First Peter three eighteen. For Christ also has once. "...suffered for sins, the just or the righteous, for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved through water." The like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. You're not just having a bath. That's what it means. But the answer of a good conscience toward God. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who has gone into heaven. Is on the right hand of God angels and authorities, powers being made subject unto him. You're seeing some themes here, right? you see seeing the flow? The power of the cross, death, burial, resurrection, the enemy being defeated, going through. You're not going back. Everything that was chasing you is gone. You're a new man. You're a new creation. That's your identity. Not just your nature, your identity. I'm making a distinction. You know there's a distinction? Nature is who you are. Identity is what you identify with. Are you identifying with your true nature? Do you know your nature? Maybe you've been born again. Maybe you've been saved. Maybe, maybe you don't know the fullness of your nature, so you can't identify it with fully. If you can't identify fully, how are you going to take advantage of all the benefits? How are you going to walk in him if you don't know it's you? Probably not by accident, right? Has that happened to anyone? Hasn't happened to me. Just accidentally, just doing something you didn't know you were. And what you are comes out. of the abundance of the heart most speaks? Things come to pass, right? So we were at Hebrews three. If I'm going too fast. or not making any sense. Just holler. Was that a holler? Hebrews, uh, we're at 3, 19. So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief, because they had no faith. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached. My footnote says, the word of hearing. Hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing. Did not profit them. Why did it profit? They heard it. Why didn't it profit them? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into the rest. Do enter into the rest. Let's go back to Romans. We're at chapter 6. We're just going to go a little bit earlier than that. And he says in Romans. Chapter 4, the last verse, verse 25. Speaking of Jesus, He was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You could say He was raised again when we were declared righteous. Justified means declared righteous. He spoke that over you. Therefore, being justified, declared righteous by faith, we have peace towards God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access into this access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice and hope of the glory of god access how did they enter in they had to access by faith into the grace into what god had given them what was prepared chapter 5 now just further down verse 17 if by one man's offense death reigned by one much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ therefore as by the one by the offense of one Judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Righteousness gives you life. The sin and the iniquity brought death. You can't be alive and dead at the same time, you're one or the other. You're either a man of sin or a man of righteousness. You're either the old man or you're the new man. You can't be both. That's why he says the old man was crucified and the body of sin was destroyed. We've now been made the righteousness of God in his resurrection. Jesus did not rise from the dead with sin on his body still. He came out that tomb, and he started walking through walls. Whoa. Different kind of body. Same one, but distinction. Distinction. So, justification of life. Verse 21, as sin reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ Christ. Our Lord amen so you see the righteousness you see the life down in chapter 6 we were looking at fifth verse if we've been planted together or united together vitally united with him in his the likeness of his death we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection likeness likeness God said in the garden of Eden we're going to make man in our image and in our likeness those are distinct image likeness it's not the same word doesn't even sound the same image and likeness 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 has to do with interconnectedness vitally connected to you're one with him All right. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians. We're just going to see about these words and about this faith that we've been mentioning operating like him using words, speaking words. Now, obviously there's more to life than just words. You have to respond. You have to act. Things have to flow out of that, but we're talking about going to the root. All right. We're talking about going to the root. When you were made a new creation in Christ Jesus, you began living different. Am I right? Things started progressing. Actions fall. You didn't do it the other way around. It doesn't work. If you've tried, it's a failure. It won't work. No one can do it. 2 Corinthians, chapter 3. We're just going to skip through a few verses here. We're just going to bang, 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 go down. So... If you can keep up, great. If you can't, just listen real good. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. We all with open face beholding as in a glass or a mirror the glory of the Lord. Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. So we walk and live in newness of life. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory by the spirit of the Lord you need to know who you are what you have and look at that and you'll be changed you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind chapter 4 verse 6 God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness is he who has shined in our hearts the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ and we have this treasure in earthen vessels, your physical body, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak, knowing that he which raised up, there's the power of the cross again, he raised him up from the dead. The Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Verse 18. While we look not at the things that are seen. If it's not seen, what is it? It's invisible. But the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. They're temporary. What you see is temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. We speak words because they're not seen. They go to the root. And they change the things that are temporary. Ultimately. Chapter 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. 14. 14. The love of God constrains us, because we thus judge. If one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them, and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, the things that are seen. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. A new creature. A new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. Verse 21. He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we would be made the righteousness of God in him. He put the sin nature on Jesus, and we identified, he identified with us. And we went into death with him, so that we could identify with him in his resurrection. And be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Chapter 6, verse 16, halfway through that verse, he says, You are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Are you seeing the union? Are you seeing the connectivity? The oneness? 1 Corinthians 6 says, He that's joined of the Lord is one spirit. He that's joined of the Lord is one spirit. So two become one. One spirit, oneness, unity, going together. All right, all right, all right. New creation, new creation, new creation. Talking about like him. I spoke to you about likeness, likeness. There's a Hebrew, uh, how do I say it? The word likeness in the Hebrew has the picture of a flowing and a back and forth of water and blood. Think of a baby in a womb with an umbilical cord. That's, that's, there's an essence in the word likeness in the Hebrew that's got to do with that type of a picture. There's a passing back and forth of water or blood or both and a flowing. I'll give you a real good Jesus definition of that. And that's John 15. John 15, first verse. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman or the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. Yeah, He lifts up. He doesn't take it away and cut you off just because you haven't bore any fruit yet. He's helping you. He's lifting you up. That take away thing is... Anyway. Every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So the point I was making was about likeness. The vine, the branches, the vine is in the ground, drawing water from the ground. The water from the ground gets in the vine, passes through, gets into the fruit, where it becomes the blood of the grape. We're connected to him. He's speaking. We're seeing. We're hearing. We're saying. We're doing. And there's fruit. I'm going to just read through a little bit of the Amplified here on chapter 15. It says in the fourth verse, Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, Cut off from vital union with me. You can do nothing. Seven, if you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. So back to Colossians. I know I'm using a lot of scripture, but you like it. Let you know what he's saying. Okay, we're back to Colossians chapter 2. And he said in verse 6, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. The Amplified Bible says regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union with him and conformity to him. The Weymouth New Testament says, live and act in vital union with him. Oneness. Oneness. Remember he said, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. What's a new creation? It's not the old creation, but what is a new creation? Is it just the old one fixed up a little bit? Is it a convert? Someone that just decided, I'm going to join you at church and hear what you have to say and I'll start coming? Is it someone that's just doing the practices of a religion? Or is a vital union and a communion and a new creation... The old things are passed away and everything's become new. What's become new? What's the old things? Do you know the difference? It helps to know. One of the things that's different is just how we speak. How we think. What we identify with. New creation. What's this new creation like? Consider Jesus. How did he function? What did he do? We were looking at words earlier about the invisible and speaking and dealing with those things that are invisible by faith. Faith deals with the invisible, faith deals with the things that aren't seen. Faith goes to the root. Jesus spoke to a tree, a fig tree. Remember, he spoke to a fig tree? And what did he say? No one's going to need any fruit from you again. What happened? Dried up from the roots. The words he spoke went to the root. Sound goes to the root, faith goes to the root. So I got a question for you. If it's not words, if one of the ways that we function and live like him isn't words, then what else is it? Actions, yes. Yes. That's right. But it's words and actions. Right? I can say I love all day long. But I got to put actions to that and they coincide. Right? So, yes, words and actions do go together. But there are certain things. What's the action? How do you stop a storm with actions? Carbon tax? Does that do it? all kinds of laws and rules and regulations and changing things, complaining about it, talking about it. Jesus stopped a storm with words. He said, to the wind, peace, and to the waves, be still. And there was a great calm. Let's go over there. Where is that? Matthew something. Maybe Mark. Yeah, Mark 4. Mark 4, 39. He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Jesus expected them to do it. They're out there in a storm. It's causing them... Harm, they're afraid for their lives. And he says, How is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And what did they say? What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. What manner of man are you? How do you cast out a demon if not words? Can you separate faith and words? Things to think about. Things to think about. Things to think about. All right. I'm just going to read a few things here. Just, uh, just think about words. Words affect the entire spectrum of reality your spirit they, they affect your soul they affect your body they affect society enough nee, nee 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 out in society does fear come the world's talking their talk does that bring fear to people huh. i'm still seeing a residual of it from stuff that was said 2 years ago it's like words can hurt people Moses, remember Moses. We were talking earlier about the children of Israel. They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. He didn't make it into the promised land. Why? He was supposed to speak to the rock instead of hitting it with his stick this time. Instead, he hit it with the stick twice, and the Lord says, "For that, you're not going into the promise." These illustrations were for our learning. That's what 1 Corinthians 10 says. These are examples for our learning. How did Joshua get into the promise? You need to meditate on my word day and night so you can observe to do according to all that's written there in this word. Don't let it depart from your mouth. And what did he do? They go to Jericho. How did the walls of Jericho fall? They made a bunch of noise. Sound. Sound. Okay, what about when they got covenant with Gibeon? And then those, that other nation came against Gibeon, and now Israel's in covenant with them, which they shouldn't have been in the first place. And they're fighting, and Joshua needs more time. What does he do? He speaks to the sun, and he speaks to the moon in the sight of all Israel, and tells it to stop. How do you stop the sun if you don't just use words? He used words. It says there. He didn't say that he threw something at it. Didn't say there was a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse. Didn't say they just had a big grand light bulb. Words. That's how Joshua got in to the promised land. They started speaking things and doing things. Speaking and doing. Speaking and doing. All right. All right. So just think about this. Think about this, okay? I'm just going to pray right now and I'm just going to ask the Lord to speak to us. And then I'm just going to ask a few things and just have you think about. It, and just listen for him. Maybe nothing here I said today was for you. Maybe something was, maybe everything was. I I don't know. He knows. But I believe he sent me here with something to say from him out of my heart to you. And I did it because I love you. So, Father, I ask you in Jesus' name to give each one here in the sound of my voice eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. Open the eyes of their understanding. Give them light, wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are, who they are, and how they live and how you operate. So Think about this. How does the power of Christ crucified affect you? Just think about this for a moment. Just listen for them. How does the power of Christ crucified affect you? what is newness of life how do you walk like him in him and what is the new creation man what is the new man about this new man, he's a completely different type of man, unlike the other. Different. There are many, 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 many people that are still not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and they're not a new creation. They're different than you. There's a distinction. It may not look like on the outside with the physical body, but it's totally different. It's not just because you follow Jesus. The disciples in Jesus' ministry followed him, and they weren't new creations. They followed him, but they didn't understand. They did some of the things like him. Peter walked on water. But they weren't new creations yet. Things changed afterwards. After they came out of that upper room, things were different. Things were big time different. What's this new man like? What's different? Union with the Father, union with divinity, a flowing between, an interacting. You've got a new language and a new tongue. You can speak different. Not just the way you carry on your regular words and conversation, but you've got a supernatural ability to speak if you've received him. If you've received that language. You can talk intimately one-on-one with him. You can speak things you don't even know you're saying. And then hear the response and understand. It's supernatural. This new creation man can do supernatural things. Just like... We got little, little spatterings of it and snippets of it in the Old Covenant, just in the stories. Elijah. Elisha. Look at the things they did. Elijah stopped the rain. It was a drought for over three years. But then he prayed again and it rained. One man controlling the weather for years. But he didn't do it alone. Don't get the idea I'm talking about just go around just talking and speaking words and trying to force things to happen. If you're thinking that, you're missing it. It's union with him. What he shows you, you do, actions. What you hear, you say, words. And the Father in me, he does the work. Romans 4 says that Abraham was fully persuaded that what God promised he was able to perform. But he didn't just sit there and do nothing or try something different, actions alone, because when he did that, he got Ishmael. And before that, he had nothing. He says, what are you going to get me? I don't have a child. And then he tried to get a child his own way and he got Ishmael. And the Lord still wasn't that. He's like, no, that's not it. You're missing it. Words. Do what I tell you. Say what I say to say. Call your name Abraham. Call her name Sarah. Your child. Not her womb. And that was supernatural. But it says that Abraham was fully persuaded that the Lord would do it so evidently it wasn't just abraham off by himself speaking words it's the union walking together with him vitally connected with him he's the vine you're the branch you bear the fruit hallelujah so if there's anyone that's not a new creation maybe you've been coming to church and you thought you were you didn't know there was a difference maybe you just thought if you just joined the club you'd be you'd be good and that was enough it's not enough. You have to receive him. You have to receive the person. It's a relationship. If you haven't received the person, the relationship, I'll pray with you. You just let me know. You can put up your hand. You can stand up. You can come up here right now. If you're online, if they have the online thing, go in same scenario. You need to receive him. All right? I trust everyone's satisfied and settled. You understand? Any questions? Anything you want to know? Otherwise, I'm done. All right. You're welcome. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm satisfied. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.